At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. I'm going to lead you through a number of verses today as we end this series on connection. You understanding who you are is so vital to the revelation that we have about the church itself. The church isn't a building. The church meets in a building, but the church isn't a building. You can meet anywhere. We, we, we proved that for 10 years. <laughs> we met everywhere. <laughs> Did we not? We met everywhere. Hmm? Any building in town that was large enough to house a church or a congregation of people, we met at. Ten locations in ten years. Man, that's, that'll be worth an amen out of that, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> so, just going to review a little bit on some of the verses that we've looked at, and then I want to, I want to, I want to spend most of my time in Ephesians chapter 4. But Matthew 18, 18 says this. Well, actually, I want, I want to read Proverbs 29, 18. And I'm going to read it in, just in the Amplified. Proverbs 29, 18 in the Amplified. Where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, that revelation, the people perish. But he who keeps the law of God, which includes that of man, blessed, happy, fortunate, and enviable is he. Hmm. So God doesn't want you to rob him from blessing you. So that takes you doing some work to produce redemptive revelation in your life. Okay? Matthew 18 and verse 18. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, It will be done of them of my Father which is in heaven. That's a person that has authority because they have redemptive revelation. You're not going to create authority by working it up. If I yell loud enough, if I scream loud enough, if I spit enough, if I do whatever. No, you're you're going to operate in this kind of authority that produces things in the earth. That's what I'm saying. When you find out who you are, then you'll make the difference in the earth I, I mean, one person at a time. We're not saving, we're not going to save the world by conventions, by big gatherings of people. People will get saved, but the world will be saved when all of us are seeing people saved. Not just people saved inside the building, people being saved day to day. You've got to believe in what you have to be able to give what you have to other people. And it affect their lives. That's why we're on, I don't have a card with me, but, but we're on a, on a church card mission to accomplish in this city and the surrounding areas, putting in people's hands card and service times and letting them know that there's a place that they can receive hope for this earth, in this earth, in their lives. Christ revealed in you is the hope of the world. It's the hope that people are looking for. The Bible says that hope from God never disappoints. Hope 
the way the world looks at hope, it always disappoints. God's hope never disappoints. And God needs you to believe that and demonstrate that. But you've got to know who you are and why you're here. And that's what the church is about. It's always been about. Can you say amen? amen. Redemptive revelation gives me authority to influence the world. I'll say it again. Redemptive revelation gives me authority to influence the world, the earth. Redemptive revelation. <clears throat> it always gives us the authority. But to do that, you have to be connected to the house, and you have to stay connected no matter how difficult that it can be. See, see people underestimate the devil. They, they underestimate an ugly devil that you can't see. So many people don't even believe there's a devil. Well, that's because they don't believe the Word, because the Word says there is a devil. And it says he's still, in the New Testament, it says he's still the God of the system. What does that mean? He's the God of the thinking. The only power he has, only ability that the enemy has is to get you to believe that how you feel, the way things look, the way things appear to be, how you've been mistreated and this has not worked out for you or whatever it is, is more real than what God has promised. See, see to spend your time meditating on the 7,000 plus promises of God on a day-to-day -day basis, not all 7,000 every day, but you know, take your turn on which ones of them, but they all interconnect together. See, that takes work to make those promises real to you, that what you see in the Word is more real than what you see with these guys or hear with these guys, or how your flesh feels, how something feels on a day-to-day -day basis. No, the Word is more real than how I feel. We have to win that battle, and to do that, we have to find out who we are. And you don't find out who you are, you'll be waiting for someone else to save you. If you've been born again, filled with the Spirit of God, you've been saved. You don't need saved again. And you don't need humanity to save you. You need help. And the Holy Spirit's your helper, and you need people to stand in the gap with you and pray for you or help in situations. But people are not our answer. God's our answer. His Word is our answer. Knowing who we are is the answer to life. And I'm saying today, connection with one another, like Jensi was talking about earlier, that connection with people empowers you and helps you because of the parts that we are to connect together. I'm going to read about that in a moment. But I want to read 1 Timothy 3.15, and this is the purpose of the church. He said, but if I'm delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church. House of God, Old Testament. Now house of God in the New Testament is the church of the living God. It's the pillar in the ground of truth. And we know in John 8, 32, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But where does the truth come from? It comes from the church. You, you've got to believe that literally, that it comes from the church. You've got to believe that in a literal way, that it comes from your connection to the church. And I'll just tell you this. 
the reason that the church has suffered and had difficult times so much in the earth is because of all the parts that are not connected. You're a part, and God created you to be connected. You're a part, and God created you to be connected. And where connection starts, where it starts, is you positioning yourself to receive from God, and that as you're receiving from God and the revelation of His Word, as you're receiving from Him, it becomes revelation to you, and that revelation empowers you to be able to connect and be the part God created you to be. Can you say amen to that? It's vital. So, in Ephesians chapter 4, I'm not going to read all of this, actually just going to read about three or four verses here, but I want to talk a little bit about it. And um, there is a fight in this life to stay unified and connected and not separated. There's a fight for that. That you be connected, stay connected, and not be separated from the church and the life of the church. It's, it's vitally important. Um, I've said this in every one of these messages that your level of success in your worldly connections apart from the church will be determined by spiritual connections. And yet you've got an enemy working overtime to get you to believe that that's not true. You know, he'll tell you, tell you things like this. If you don't waste time with the church, you'll have so much more time for yourself. Ooh. Ooh. And I'm telling you, it can look that way. It can look that way. But the enemy will, he, he, he's a deceiver, he's a bully, he picks on people that don't understand things and don't have revelation and understanding, he, he, he's a bully. And he'll get you to believe that that's absolutely the truth, when it's act, actually the total opposite is the truth. For you to be able to fight the fight of not being separated from your lifeline, which is the church, and empower you to be successful at all the other things that you do in life. It comes from your connection and your infusion to the parts of the body. It's an amazing thing. So, in the book of Ephesians, I'm actually just going to read starting with verse 14, but before I do, in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, it talks about God sending gifts to men. And in this passage, it talks about the fivefold ministry. And um, the fivefold ministry are the, the pastor and the teacher, the prophet, the apostle, the evangelist, the different types of ministry flowing through men and women. And with those anointings, right, comes what? The revelation of the Word. It's got to be revelation to those that are preaching the Word. It's, you can't just, I mean, anybody can preach the Word. Literally, anybody can preach the Word. But it's got to be Word that's preached from revelation. So that what you really believe is true is coming forth from you. The tendency at times, and it's not 
in most cases, it's not the preacher's fault, I don't feel like, but there's a tendency for people to worship the fivefold ministry gifts. That was never intended to be. Fivefold ministry gifts were to bring the word, to build and edify the church so that the church could become who they are. And in verse 14 of this passage where he's talking about this, he says this, so that, so that, we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. That's all, all of what those two sentences talked about right there is the ploy of the enemy working against you, trying to convince you of things that are not true. He said, but what are we to do? We're supposed to be speaking the truth in love so that we can what? Everybody say grow up. We have to be people that grow up. And the only way you'll grow up is through redemptive revelation. The only place you'll get redemptive revelation is from the word that is preached in church life. And from the word that is preached, you do something with it. See, so because God said we need the fivefold ministry, we have to have it. We're not to worship the fivefold ministry, we're to worship the God of the fivefold ministry. As the word comes forth, as it is today, God wants you to take it serious, do something with it so that it empowers you so that you can overcome. He said, but speaking the truth in love that we may grow up into all things into him who is the head, Christ. Everybody say, Jesus is the head. Say that again. Just one more time. Jesus is the head. We're to grow up into all things into the head. In other words, what we're, what we're really called to do is we're the body, we're the parts. Say you're a hand, another's a foot, another's a toe, another's a thumb, another's this, that, and the other. Our job, our part is, is to get connected to the head. See, what there's been in the church is this separation. Here's the head, and the head's alive. See, any other representation of the head being separated from the body, that's death. But in this case, the head's alive. He's alive. Right? But the church, in a lot of ways, has been separated from the head. What does the head do? The head does the thinking, correct? See, if Jesus isn't doing the thinking in the church, and we're not being led by the Spirit of God under the direction of the Holy Spirit to the truth of God's Word, if that's not being done, then we're doing things based on our ideas, and that separates us from Him. But he said, we're to be doers by speaking the truth in love and growing up, being connected, getting the neck connected to the head, and all the other parts of the body being connected to the head. He said, from whom the 
whole body joined and knit together by that, by, by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. I'm going to read this, these um, four verses in the Passion Translation. Follow with me in this. And then our immaturity will end. Mm, I like that. No longer children tossed to and fro, and our immaturity will end. You know what immature people do most of the time? They blame everybody else for their problems. I mean, I know you don't want to hear that. I mean, I don't really like that either, you know. I mean, especially when you want to blame somebody, right? I mean, man, I want to blame them. It's their stinking fault. Come on, God, you you weren't there. Yeah, he was. Yeah. But immature people just blame everybody else. Speak the truth in love. What do you mean? Huh? Get that diva thing on. What do you mean? Speak the truth in love. They're not speaking any truth in love. They're just cursing me and talking ugly and did this and that. No. You remain immature. And you remain disconnected. And then our immaturity will end. Yes, glory. And we will not be easily shaken by trouble. Oh, yeah. Nor led astray by novel teachings or by the false doctrines of deceivers who teach clever lies. Wow. There's so much said there, and I could talk about that for a long, long time. I don't think I will. Amen. But instead, we will remain strong and always sincere in our love as we express the truth. All our direction and ministries will flow from Christ and lead us deeper into Him. Lead us deeper into Him. Lead us deeper into Him. What's the church, what did I say in the beginning, the church's responsibility is to help you find who the heck you are. I'm just, I'm convinced of this. I didn't see this early on as a pastor. I didn't see this early on in my born-again life. You don't know who you are. Man, you're living here just spinning your wheels on planet Earth. God had a plan for you on planet earth before you were even thought about. Man, the enemy works overtime to convince you that's not true. To the point you just try to get away from that kind of talking, that kind of teaching. God had a plan for you before Adam and Eve. He had a plan for your life. Yeah, Pastor, how do you get there? That's what we're talking about. Finding out who you are through being connected to the church, through the revelation of the Word. Uh, this fall, as we always do, uh, we'll be teaching a series on, on Wednesday nights about the Holy Spirit. And sometimes that, that series can go 10, 12, 
100 weeks, who knows? <clears throat> because you can't talk enough about the Holy Spirit. There's no greater revelation in the church world than understanding the person of the Holy Spirit and how to yield to the voice of the Spirit. Know the difference in His voice and all the other voices. And you'll never learn how to hear His voice apart from redemptive revelation of God's Word. Because the only thing that the Spirit of truth does is reveal to you all truth. The truth of God's Word. And when you find all that out, you begin to find out who you are. And wow, <laughs> man. After 45 years of salvation... Man, there, there's no laboring anymore. There's no, but there was for a lot of years. And laboring, trying to figure out who the heck I was and what I'm supposed to do and this. And one day my wife asked me, this is probably 25, 30 years ago, she asked me this question. She goes, because uh, I was going to go play golf or ride motorcycles or do whatever, you know. And she just asked me one day, she said, what, what, what do you really like? And I thought, well, what do you mean, what do I like? I love to play golf and ride motorcycles, dadgummit. And I, and I thought to myself, and it, and it took a number of weeks and kind of went on for a few months, and one day I came back to her and I said, you know what, I don't really know that I even like golf. She goes, really? I said, yeah. I've been thinking about it. You ever ask yourself what you really like? I mean, you do. I mean, I've, I've been playing golf since I was two. My dad was a golf pro, so... I was raised in the golf world, so I played golf. You like golf? Heck yeah. It's free. Never play, paid a dime for a set of golf clubs, a golf ball. Never paid, never in my life ever paid to play a round of golf because of all the perks that living that lifestyle had growing up. Never. And back in my day, it was the rich man's sport. Dang right, I'm rich. Walking with a, with a lean. Right? But my wife asked me that question. I thought, what the heck? What do you mean, what do I like? And I thought to myself, I don't even know if I even really like playing. But I kind of got over that. And really dug deep and realized I did like that. You say, well, what does you like in golf have to do with anything spiritual? It has a lot to do with it. Because when you're disrupted in your soul, and you're not happy, and you're not, you don't have enough, you know, I'm not talking about needing downtime every other day. Right? I'm talking about just needing the time to go do something that you really enjoy. When you do something you really enjoy, man, you know what I really enjoy? I really enjoy riding motorcycles. I think I've said that right in the last few weeks. I really enjoy, I, I enjoy riding motorcycles. I really enjoy it because I don't have a helmet with all kinds of comms and talking on my phone and all that kind of stuff. I got a helmet that's got nothing in it. Hmm? I can pray in tongues. I can ride for however long I want to, and nobody can talk to me. I love it. I love the thrill of it and the enjoyment. I love the speed. I love doing it. I've, I've ridden since I was a kid. I just enjoy motorcycles. But I had to realize that so I could get something out of it. But when 
you know what you like and you begin to know who you are through the Word of God, then you can enjoy the things you do. Most people don't even know what they like. Don't know who they are. They think they do because their identity is with their career, the thing that they've done, maybe something that they thought they were supposed to do since they were five years old and they stayed with it and, you know, I'm going to make myself like it. That's not everybody, but that's a lot of people. A lot of people don't enjoy what they're doing. Eric down here, one day he was telling me when he got uh, the, the job he has now, he's got a couple of jobs right now, you know, but one of the ones that he got, he said it was always his heart desire. He said, I can't tell you how enjoyable it is. I mean, it was a lot of work and, and more work than he kind of anticipated. But because he enjoys it, he can do it. And I, and I, I, so, in, I, I so appreciated hearing somebody say, I'm doing something I really like. Because all of it fits. The spiritual end and the natural end, they fit. But what we can't do away with is the spiritual end because before you're anything else on on planet earth, you are a spirit first. Because when you leave this body, you say, well, I I don't believe all that. Okay. Fine. But when you leave here, you got one of two destinations. You can like that or not, but i got to stay with it because the Word says it. It's either heaven or hell. Now watch this. Hell wasn't created for Christians. It wasn't created for humanity. Not any, every person on planet earth was created by the image of God, in the image of God, by God. But not one person was intended for hell. Hell's a choice. I promise you that our God is a just God. Somebody says, well, what if somebody died and they never had a chance to know God? I'm just telling you, he's a just God. You mean that somebody could die here and didn't know Jesus and not go to hell? Absolutely. Because if they'd never had a fair shot of knowing about Jesus, yeah. Because God's not, God doesn't desire for one to perish, but everybody to come to the saving knowledge. So, you know, you're going to see a lot of people in heaven when you get there that you didn't think would have been there. If, if, if one story I heard about Adolf Hitler in the last hours of his life is true, Adolf Hitler's in heaven. Impossible. Mm-mm. Not if the story's true that I heard. See, our way of thinking and God's way of thinking, God's for people. <laughs> we want to say, well, we sure can't wait for him to get booted out of here and into hell. Because we don't like people in situations. God loves people. Everybody was created in the image of God. And all of us were created to be like Him. And the spiritual end of who we are is so tied to the natural end. And I'll just tell you this. If you're not sure what you like to do, begin to seek God about that. I'm just talking about in the natural, things you like to do. Just ask God. That was the greatest question I ever got, however many years ago that was. When my wife said that, I thought, well, man, I know exactly what I like. Blessed God. I know what I like. Right? No, I didn't. But I do today. Because I've been honest with myself and I've allowed the Word to change the way that I think. And if you let the Word change the way you think, 
then you'll think like God. Not think like me. You'll think like God. If you believe that what I'm telling you is the truth. All our direction, I'm going to finish this in Ephesians 4 and I'll be done. All our direction and ministries will flow from Christ and lead us deeper into Him, the anointed head of His body, the church. Mm. Lead us deeper into Him, the anointed head of His body, the church. For His body has been formed in His image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. Watch this. This is all of us. And every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. When I said that earlier to you, that one of the reasons the church has been so difficult is because so many parts are disconnected. You notice what he said right there? Every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of everybody. See, I'm the body of Christ, you're the body of Christ, but actually I'm just a part of that body. Jesus was a whole body, and He's whole, but He's the head, and all the rest of the body is in, is in parts, finger, wrist, forearm, elbow, bicep, shoulders, on down, head, every part, all the way down, internal parts, were all those different parts. That's the way God set it up. And even though I'm the body of Christ, I have to look at it as we're the body of Christ. I can't do what Jesus did. Get me when I say this. You have, to, you have to choose to believe this or not. I can't do what Jesus did without us. Mm-mm. All attention is not going to be on one person like it was in Jesus. Why? Get in pride. People worship you. You're all this and all that and all this and all that. No, no, no. It's about us. Everybody say us. It's the connection that's so vital. You can't do in the earth what you can do through God without the us. Every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, We are built up and made perfect in love. That's the way we're built up. You know what the problem with all of that is? Is that people make mistakes. So you have to be connected to people in spite of people. Talk to the hand. Talk to him. You have to be connected with people in spite of people. I'm not talking about people doing things that are immoral, illegal, things that go against the Word of God. I'm talking about in spite of the issues or the things that we deal with everybody because everybody's growing up into who they are. And you need the safe place of the church to be able to grow up into. And it doesn't matter how long it takes. And it doesn't matter how many times you've had to Start and stop and start and stop and start and stop. Just keep starting. Just keep coming back. You don't quit. You'll reap. Truth of the gospel. But I'm here today to tell you 
how vitally important it is to be connected. This little three-message series that I've done on this has been not on accident, but by design, on purpose, because you need to believe this. Even beyond what I've shared with you, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you how important that this is and how you need this connection and how this connection will make everything else you do outside of this body that much more profitable and advance everything that you do in life. Everything you set your hand to will prosper as you're connected to the church. Something supernatural about that connection. Can you say amen? So, I want to end with this last thought out of Ephesians 1 and verse 22 and 3. And he put all things under his feet. Father put everything under the feet of Jesus and gave him to be head over all things to what? The church. I'll read it again. He put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. So anything that you're dealing with, it's under him. But it's under the head. But it'll be under the feet if the body's connected to the head. And the body will be connected to the head if all the parts are infused. Can you say amen? Head over all things to the church, which is his body. The fullness of him fills you and I. You know how all of your other connections can work out so well? Because if you're filled up with him, how could him not affect in a positive way all the other relationships and connections you have? Did you notice that? I'll read it for you again in case you didn't. It said, And he put all things under his feet, gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. Only thing that heaven is building on the earth is the church. The only thing. The only thing. And he's building the church individual by individual. And when when the church is being built, because see, we, we, we want to be a part of what he's building, not us doing our thing and trying to get him to bless it. Nah, didn't work. Tried it. We want to be connected to what he's building. And when we're connected to that, then everything we, all, we do prospers. Uh, Psalm 92 says this, those who are planted in the house will flourish in the courts. So when you're planted in the house, then the courts have to do with everything else. So everything else you do when you're planted in the house will flourish. Yeah, but Pastor, I've tried it. Okay. See, I'm not not telling you things today that have worked perfectly in my life or has worked perfectly here in this church. I'm telling you things that he said. You know why? Because we're all always growing into what God made us to be. Did you hear me? I'm going to say it to you again because I don't want you to forget this. The church is here to help you find who you really are. 
And it was good that you came out today to hear that statement. God wants you to be convinced of who you really are in Him. Can you say amen to that? It matters today how that you see the church, which is His body, and how it's growing in the earth. It matters that you see it that way. And allow the design to be framed in the world that you live in the way His Word says it's so. What a glorious day. What a glorious day to be alive and be a part of the church of Jesus Christ. I had a guy tell me, the, uh, not the other day, it was a while back, and I was telling, sharing him with some, I was just sharing with this person some things that God had said to me. And he said, yeah, you know, I, I, used, to, I used to do that or I used to think about that a lot. And he said, I just hadn't in a while. And I'm thinking, whew. I mean, I, I can't allow myself to go a day without refreshing myself in the Word of God. That's why the daily routine in God's Word is so important. I can't allow a day to go by. I allow a day, then all of a sudden a week is gone, and then maybe a month, and then maybe six months, and all of a sudden it's like, who am I? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ploy the devil. Trying to convince you you're not who God says you are. How many can say in here today, we know better? Amen? We know better. We're staying with Him. And today, again, I just encourage you, find something to connect with, with people in the body, and as you do that, watch what God will do for you, but watch what God will do through you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.